Welcome back into The Mental Game. I'm your host, Brandon Seho, and this week's guest is multi-platinum singer Bryce Vine, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Bryce and I sat down here in Cincinnati before his concert a couple months ago and had an amazing conversation about his music career, his mental health, life, the ups and downs of the industry, and everything in between. Bryce's biggest song, I'm sure as you know, came out about three or four years ago. It is called Drew Barrymore. And it's a hit. It slaps. It is a really good song. But he also has a bunch of amazing songs in his catalog. If you're on Apple Music or Spotify, listening to this podcast after you get done with the episode, go ahead and check out Bryce's music because it is awesome. A great conversation. Great guy. Has a lot of fun energy on stage and also in this interview in front of the mic and on camera. So I can't wait to share it with you. So without further ado, here is Bryce Fine on The Mental Game. Welcome back into the mental game, and I am joined by a very special guest, Bryce Vine. Bryce, I appreciate you doing this, my man. Thanks for having me. Where am I supposed to look? Uh, wherever you want. Okay. I, this is this what is your I... this is your place. We're getting ready for your show here in Cincinnati. Yeah, look at that. And uh, you had an off day yesterday, settling in. You get the show tonight, so I'm excited. Got a couple of tickets, so it'll be a fun time for me. First thing I ask everyone on this podcast: What does mental health mean to you? And it can be a variation of answers. If you discovered it more recently, or maybe you've had a routine for a while, but what does mental health mean to you? Well, I, I think anything that gives you peace on a daily schedule is healthy for your brain. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that there's a lot to mental illness and mental health uh, that can that has easy fixes yeah. that we just don't do on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone says, take your vitamins. I know <laughs> at least four guys on my bus that like scoff at that idea, you know, it's yeah. just, it, it's, but it really does help. Like we're, I just had a conversation three days ago with my drummer and we've been in all these cities and it's dark and rainy time of the year and cold outside, not getting a lot of sunlight. Yeah. And all of a sudden we kind of get depressed and we're sitting there not knowing why. And it's like, well, the, it, it could be that our life is hasn't gone the way we thought it was going to or that there's all these problems at home. Right. It could be that. It could also be a vitamin D deficiency. Right. So it's always good to like to to knit the little things first. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think I'm super depressed that day and it turns out I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just something simple like that <laughs> or know. sunshine like like you said you've been in a bunch of rainy cities. Mental health is about trying to navigate your own mind and body mm -hmm. um, in the healthiest ways that you can. And has that been a learning process for you over time? Of course. Like, I'm sure because I, your backstory went to the Berkeley College of Music and you've started pursuing your dreams. Obviously, you had the big hit, Drew Barrymore, that we'll get into here in a little bit. But there had to be ups and downs where you probably thought about quitting music or like it, it affected you where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. It never, it's never stopped. Really? No. Even like being on tour, having it hit on the radio, that doesn't stop? Because that's not the problem. Yeah. The that's, pro <laughs> that's what people at home don't get. Yeah. That's not the problem. The problem is that's part of where my art comes from, and I've tried to push it away. And that's mm -hmm. part of where a lot of artists come from. Sure. You know, there's an insecurity factor, whether they want to admit it or not. Yeah. And, you know, there's a... Um, you got to be... You got to be in your own head a lot. Yeah. 
just to write stuff, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. At least that's what it is for me. So, no, I've always, like, thought that, that's, oh, this isn't going to work out. What, was, <laughs> what, was there a low point, though, before maybe the Drew Barrymore hit? Oh, God, and, there's been tons of low points. Yeah. Like, where you just sat there and, like, it was, I know you think about it all the time, you said, but, like, was there a point where it was just, like, no. shit, this isn't for me? I guess I won't say it all the time. Uh, yeah, there's been multiple times. You know, when I got into Berkeley, um, I saw the talent that I was surrounded by. I was, you know, I just came from a small town and yeah. like, I got a scholarship to go to this amazing, prestigious, right. the Hogwarts of music schools, yeah. you know? And then you get there and you realize everybody's a really, really talented person. Yeah, it's like going from high school to college to pro sports and like seeing how good everyone is yeah, in the NFL. It can be intimidating, especially if you already are prone to depression and anxiety yeah. and all those things, which I've always been. Um, I remember calling my mom maybe like two weeks into Berkeley and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I deserve to be here. And she was like, well, they do. <laughs> they think you deserve good, to be good here. Good mom. Yeah. She's a great mom. But, um, but it's always things like that. Two steps forward, three steps forward, maybe one step back. Yeah. You know, I got onto a show called the Glee Project when I was just starting. I left school. Yeah. Whoa. This validation of being picked. Right. I'm picked. I'm one of yeah. the 12. It's big. First one kicked off. But <laughs> but that's go, another one of those moments where you go into yeah, the ups yeah, and downs. Yeah. You know, and in retrospect, that's easy to say. Yeah. You know, and but you feel like a effing loser when that yeah. happens, you know? Because well, you have nothing else. That's the, that's the, you might have other things, but like that's the point that you're, or the, the goal you're trying to achieve right there. And then it's gone. It's like, what the fuck do I do next? Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, and it's, it's consistent through that. I mean, even like, let's go up to, after eight years and nine years of me driving Lyft and working odd jobs and yeah. playing my music in cars for people and stuff, um, Drew Barrymore happens. I've met every label under the sun. Nobody cared to sign me, and you still keep going, right? That's insane. Um, you have to enjoy it at least a little bit. It right. drives you crazy. But then, you know, COVID happens. Right. Um, after all that time, finally, and now and then you finally get there you yeah. get to that point and then and then everything stops and then you kind of gotta i'm still working it again yeah you know it's i think this. about jack harlow because he blew up right when covid right started when COVID happened. so like what's popping he didn't perform that for like a year and a half isn't that crazy it's wow I, I thought about that too i had tickets to see him in cincinnati like a small venue for like 15 bucks right when what's popping came out and obviously it got canceled but like going through those ups and downs where you're like locked up just like everyone else but like your whole career's on hold yo yeah, I mean, I think we all felt that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people. There was worse problems to have. Right. But it was still our problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you go from, and for me, I had just seen success for the first time in my career. Yeah. Right before that, you know, 2020 was supposed to be the biggest year. There was nothing to stop me except for, say, like maybe the world ending. Right. Suddenly, which which kind of did. Yeah. And then you go back and you dust off your knees and yeah. you push forth again. But, there's things that can help. Yeah. There's things that can definitely help. And I would like to tell people what's worked for me because I think my music has helped a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. What has worked for you when you've been able to get out of those lows and, and get back and just, it's a daily thing. Like for me, it's a mix of medication, just knowing like what triggers me or what puts me down. Like I quit drinking about two months ago. Good for you. And it's been like, I don't know if I'll ever go back. Like, which is weird because I'm a big partier, but I like, I don't put that expectation on. I don't say like I'm never going to. No, you shouldn't either. because you can't. But what 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 are some of the things that you've done that have helped you? 
That's one of them. Really? That's one of them, you know, uh, just taking a break from anything that alters your mind, you know, where you, where you use something else to have control yeah. over the situation or to, or to lose control even, like, yeah. not be so in your head. When you can achieve that naturally, it always feels better. You feel mm-hmm. more confident <laughs> yeah. in a room, you know? Uh, but some of the things that help, I have to like, I do yoga. I started doing it in, during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, you were there before this interview. Uh, well, the place was closed. We're oh, in Cincinnati. Oh, tried. Okay, so. I'm like, Jesus. We'll so blame I just, my city I, for that. I ran instead. Okay. I don't love to run, but I ran like yeah. two miles just to like sweat it out. Yeah, you know? there you go. You got to sweat it out. Yeah, it, it does help. I do Orange Theory. Have you ever tried that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Just up, up you tempo. You need that. You and like really... having music. I'm a big music guy. Obviously, you are too. So have, <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> having that like when you work out helps a lot too. Yeah, you, you need that. I think that's one of those ones that's like a lot of people just they don't realize they just need to sweat it out yeah you feel better instantly right no matter what you're going through another one of those things you don't know if it's a mental health issue or if you just or or that if that's gonna help you yeah. just don't know what's gonna help you until you do um for me <clears throat> anything that gets my brain to not focus on me and my own yeah issues uh is a plus so taking my phone away, going to yoga, um, reading, reading helps a lot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big reader, but I've heard you are big into it. Yeah. You know, and I, and I go back and forth. There's months I'll, will go by where I just don't have yeah. any interest. But if you find like, you don't have to force your way through a book if you don't want to, you can yeah. find something that's intriguing to you mm-hmm. right now. I'm reading, um, no reservations by Anthony Bourdain. It's just interesting. He's an yeah. interesting guy. He was, yeah. um, but if it's if it gets boring, you put it down. Like right. it's not like school where you just had to You're finish it in, so that you, you gotta, do the yeah you got to pass. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have to do all that. You know, and it, and it's fun to read stories and and take in information somewhere that's not here, right, right in your face and with a bright. The TikTok screen. algorithm is is incredible. It's like it's it's dangerous. The TikTok algorithm. Yeah, they just every like they know exactly what you want to see, and I, I mean, I get oh, yeah. lost on there for hours. Not just TikTok. I mean, that's what their job is. Yeah, it's they're they're doing a great job at what their job is. Right. Their job is to entertain us with what we like to see and what we're curious about. But that's you talking about getting stuck on the phone. Like, oh man, I lay down at night. It's an addiction. Like, yeah. No, I'll get there and I'll be like. Shit, it's been 45 minutes. I'm scrolling through TikTok still. Like, what the hell? We're living so much less of our life yeah. when we do those things. And I'm, I'm guilty of it the same. Um, so, yeah, working out, reading. Um, there's a breathing exercise. A uh, guy called Wim Hof. Okay. A lot of people know about it, the Wim Hof breathing technique. I'd say that would be a great start for anybody that okay. doesn't know where to start because it's easy. You want to start with something easy. Yeah. You just breathe in and out super deep 40 times and then you hold your breath on the exhale and you wouldn't believe how much better you feel. It sounds so simple and like to some I'm sure crazy to hear like that does so much but like it is little things, little routines that that can help you the best sometimes. A lot of the issues that trigger mental illnesses or not, I don't even want to say that a lot of the issues that I have they're lessened just by bringing more oxygen to the brain yeah 
And I think that's it could be that way for a lot of people. We're always like this. We're always cutting off, looking at our phone, looking down. Yeah. Always cutting off oxygen in our neck to our brain all the time. We do it and, and you don't know why you're getting depressed. <laughs> that's a huge possibility. Yeah. That you're not getting enough oxygen in the brain. <gasps> Breathing deep brings oxygen to the brain. Running, working out. Yoga, the whole point is breathing. I mean, and these things really help a lot of people. And it's all stems from just getting oxygen to the brain. Yeah, those are definitely all ways. I mean, working out for me, like I'm not some macho NFL athlete, but like just getting out and, and running like you did today or going to Orange Theory, it makes a huge difference. Like the shit might suck when you get there. Once you're done, like you just have some little high that's natural of I accomplished something, I feel better. Um, I want to get into, you mentioned things that you struggle with. Have you dealt with depression and anxiety since a young age and how have you been able to tackle that as therapy a thing for you i was diagnosed with depression when i was 13 which is kind of young for mm -hmm. that i don't even know if it was accurate you know right. uh, add uh a form of dyslexia called like rld i don't even know because yeah. i have it um <laughs> and uh sorry to laugh it was a funny line <laughs> <laughs> you gotta apologize um <laughs> Yeah, very young age. Like I started taking Ritalin in school. I basically had no personality when I was trying to get through schools because I couldn't pay attention. Yeah, got held back. All the all the good stuff, you know. But um, music was kind of the way to work through that. Mm -hmm. uh, I listened to songs and heard what they were going through, and it made me feel a little less alone in those things. And now I understand why people come concerts and stuff yeah. to feel that but it was that was a big part of it and then i realized i could write songs and just make my own therapy right and you can too yeah. you can write stuff down they tell you to do that all the time yeah journaling is a big thing for that can help your mental health and you talked about music being therapy for you is it more of the writing process or being on stage a mix of both mm, the writing process can be annoying yeah tedious for me I know a lot of people love it, and I have in the past, and I haven't found that again. It's more of an obligation these days. Yeah. Um, I don't know what. Testing some vocals yeah, here. <laughs> people at home that are listening have no idea what's going on. Yeah, there's vocal warm-ups going on in the back. Uh, therapy, I've tried. Um, I can't be consistent with it yeah. because they don't understand that my schedule is weird. Right. And I can't just... Like show up on show Wednesday up at, at 10 a.m. Exactly. Yeah. Can't do it. And and I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's just the arrogance. And I just, a lot of times I just feel like I, it's a waste. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I speak for 45 minutes so that they get to understand where I'm coming from and then the time's up. Yeah. Well, I'll say this <laughs> to counter that because I thought the same thing when I first started. And, you, and Kate Flannery, who plays Meredith on The Office, told me this. She just bounce around, shop around. If, yeah. if, if like, if you're at the point where you need one shop around because there are there just like every profession, there's bad athletes. There's, there's bad, whatever it is. And you can find a better one. It can help you out. But like you have the whereabouts and some people don't where like, if you're going through shit, like, you know, what, what makes you happy or makes you tick or gets you healthier. Like for some, they need that guidance of if they can get it, a therapist that of course yeah. that guides them the right way. And I don't think that anything always works or never works for anyone. Per it's it's different for everybody. Right. I I haven't found that person. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and when you're trying people out, you're really divulging a lot of information. Yeah. So I don't really want to do that with a whole bunch of people until right. I find the right one. You know, 
I keep trying other ways to figure out what's going on and and even sometimes when it comes to just admitting that you need the medication like I during 2020 I tried to get off um you know depression medication and Adderall and I got to a place where I was just like in my bedroom for maybe just five days straight and felt no reason or will to do anything. Yeah. I was like, okay, all right, maybe, maybe, maybe there's something to this. Maybe there's something to this. Yeah. Well, medication's the same way. Like for anyone listening that hasn't tried it yet or hasn't gone to the doctor or gone to the therapy, like you got to try that too. Like there's some things that have side effects or might not work for you. And that's the whole thing with mental health um, is what works for you. or It's different for everyone. You being an artist and going from the grind of, I didn't know you drove Lyft. I've, <laughs> I've driven, Uber, driven Uber in the past just to like... My boy. Just to get by and like try to do something different, make easy money, quick. And also like, I mean, uh, you can work on your game. In I Uber. enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. You talk to people. Yeah. Like I said, you can work on your game, talk to women in there. Like just try to, <laughs> yes. try to better your craft a little yeah. bit. I, I uh, had really cool things happen out of Lyft. Some weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Like some guy did drug deals out of my car for like two hours in South Central <laughs> LA. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you knew the short trips. You're like, all right, I know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're making four stops. We're going from a gas station to, to a, a, the back of a laundromat yeah. to a <laughs> building with graffiti all over it and yeah. no lights on. Yeah. But where I was going with that was you've gone from playing your music in car for, cars for people to performing small shows, making music at home to doing this like tonight or going on tour in front of thousands and thousands of people three months straight on a tour bus, getting to live out the real dream that you've always had. Does is it? Do you have to pinch yourself ever? And is there a balance of like every night? This is me. Every night, yeah. That's why the shows are my favorite place to be. Yeah, on stage in front of all these people, where uh, you could just there's very few places in the world where I feel like I could just com- entirely be myself. Yeah, and I know all these people are coming here because they feel what I'm trying to put out. Right, I don't have to hide anything or be worried that I can't dance or anything. <laughs> you know, it's, you don't have rhythm. <laughs> I have rhythm. Come on, baby. You've heard it. All right. Yeah, I, I know rhythm. that. Sorry, sorry. Dancing wise. I just, I can't, uh, you know, I'm not going to like be one Chris Brown. Yeah. You know, well, I just... did, I did competitive hip hop in like seventh through ninth grade. So I got a little <laughs> in me still. No kidding. No kidding. That's, uh, people don't know that a lot. So I don't know if I'm going to get some dance requests after this from people in the DMs. But yeah, it'll, I, it'll uh, I, can moonwalk. I never forget Michael Jackson's. Uh, 30th anniversary concert. I taped that on a VHS. For those of you at home that don't know what that is, VHS is before we had DVR or Netflix, whatever. And I just practiced for four hours. Wow. And that's my passion. But yeah, wow. like this being your home, that's, that's so sick to hear that you still get. Because I work with athletes, talk to NFL players, baseball players, whoever it is. And like some of them, it can be mundane where it's re- repetitive. Yeah. But for you to have that juice, like when you walk out on stage, is that same like. Let's fucking go every time. Yeah, every time. Every time. It's like the one place that, they, that I feel that way. That's incredible. So it's good for your mental health. 100%. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Drew Barrymore. I know you get asked about this in every interview, so I'm trying not to be too All repetitive. Right. But that song changed your life. Mm-hmm. Crush on Drew Barrymore from The Wedding Singer. That's where this originated? Uh, that's where... That's the image that I had okay. of her. Yeah. But the purpose behind it is really cool for me hearing the backstory of because it's the beautiful person that you want to that you want to find like it's not about it's more about the inside that is something very cool that 
obviously you're an artist and more goes into it than just naming a song Drew Barrymore. It's more about iconicizing the person that you care about. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, just walk me through what those lyrics really mean to you. Um, when I started it, it was just like anything else. You just kind of, you just have to just start writing, yeah. whether you, you don't know what it's going to be. And for months, I didn't know what that song was going to be. I just right. started a beat, started writing. I had the idea of like, two ghosts in a room together the original like the working title <laughs> was called ghosts okay like if they just lived in a room together like a couple you know just in a hotel room and could Arizona. have been a spin off of 50 first dates it could have been like anything. That. yeah it could have been anything <laughs> uh when it started and then it's like kind of chisel out the idea a little bit yeah as it goes and and i still didn't know for months and then i heard like a voice note from uh julia michaels where she said you're the next true Barry and I want more. It was from like five years prior. And I don't know why that just that worked with just, everything I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. Sometimes you really just Frankenstein stuff together. Yeah. A La La Land was more like a very specific idea Yeah, where Drew Barrymore just kind of came together over time. That's super cool. And did you ever hear from her? Is there, was there ever a Drew? Yeah. Did you ever meet her or get a DM or anything? I did the Kelly Clarkson show. Um, it was really cool. Yeah. I uh, I did the Kelly Clarkson show with Jay Leno as the other guest sitting next oh to me. Oh, my God. That's my, that's my so idol. Cool. I grew up wanting to host a Tonight Show because no I watched Jay Leno. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> I'm, so I'm super jealous on he, that one. He was mad cool, too. Very Jay Leno. Yeah. Um, he had a quip you know, for every line and stuff. I'm just sitting there like, I can't believe this. Um, and they put, it surprised me, while they were filming, they brought down a screen and there's Drew Barrymore, and she had left us a voice message, a uh, video message. Oh, that's that sick. she loved the song and hi Bryce, blah blah blah. So yeah, bucket list achieved. It was cool. That's cool. What else is on the bucket list for you? I mean, I know you're touring mm. now. You just put out an EP, Serotonin, which obviously relates to everything we're just talking about, getting out and being happy. And um, what, what, what's on the bucket list still for you? Yeah, I mean. It's weird because you get to a place where you've achieved all the goals that you had when you were like 15 playing in a punk band in the <laughs> yeah. backyard. You yeah. know, I, I've, I'm past all those visions that I had and now you got to make new ones. Right. And it's hard to do that and still appreciate how far you've come. Mm -hmm. A lot of times uh, I get told even by close friends like you need to practice gratitude you know, and that sounds so cliche, but you, even just for the small things, like yeah. those moments you hear the whole crowd singing Drew Barrymore and yeah. you don't even need to be on the mic, you know, laughing on the bus with your team, even hearing stuff in the background, people like you try to create the environment that right. you want yeah. to make you happy. Um, the goals I have are, I think like pretty I don't want to say standard. I want my music to be heard everywhere. Yeah. I want to go to the rest of the world and play every stage known to man and, right. and help people with the money that I make Yeah, and build waterways in Ethiopia and, and write a book. And you want to rule the world the best you can in a, in a positive light as, as a, as a person of that lives for the light. Yeah. yeah. I want to, I want to have the world at my disposal. You've got, and I've listened to your music for a while and like I said, did a couple hours of research, just listening to different interviews. It's fun to see and meet people. And I'm sure you've had this happen where you meet an athlete or meet a celebrity or meet a musician. 
and you can feel that they're not genuine and they're not real. And so you're genuine and which is cool to hear you open up and talk about stuff like that. Is that just your personality? That's just, you just live who you are. There's no fake in it. I mean, we all have moments where we realize we're putting on. Right. Um, I started writing music just from that place, you yeah. know, just being like an awkward kid that I wasn't a, you know, a sports star. I wasn't like the most popular kid in school. So you just like write from the perspective of like a normal kid. And my parents were very open. You know, they always liked having people around. Like they created environments where people were welcome. Right. Cause your dad owned a restaurant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My dad had a little restaurant and, um, and that was his way of bringing in people. So I think since I come from that, yeah. you know, I always like in- including everyone, you know, anyone that's, trying to do good yeah um and i realized that it, when i try to do something else or try to do something other than what just comes naturally to me yeah or what my fans relate to my music suffers yeah so there's a, a there's a <coughs> an extra incentive not to become this you know asshole yeah <laughs> you know because i know that if i do and i let it all start to affect me in the wrong way that I won't write the same stuff. Right. Well, I want to get into some fun stuff, too. We've talked about some, but on the road, you got a favorite tour story or just <clears throat> something that just makes you laugh every time you think about it? It was this last tour. It was one of those moments that I'll <coughs> try to remind myself to be grateful for for a long time. We were playing in New York. I had a sold-out show there, and uh, I flew out my mom to New York because that's where I was born. Yeah. That's where uh, she's from also. And uh, I pointed her out in the crowd and I said, oh, yeah, my mom's here tonight. And I didn't expect it at all. But everybody in the crowd turned, looked up, saw my mom, and they started clapping for her for about one minute. Couldn't get them to stop if I wanted to. And I didn't want them to. But they just like just continuously clapped. And she was loving it. She's, you know, blowing out kisses <laughs> like she's the queen of England, you know. And uh, that was special. And then when I got off stage, I didn't see it. But everyone told me. As soon as I was off the stage and the band is still playing, they went back and turned to her again and started clapping for her again. Was that an emotional moment for you and your mom both? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because she, even she was like, you know, they're, they love me because of how you are, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, it was really special. Really, really special. That's a super cool moment. It's what it's it's better than you telling me how drunk you were at some club and this guy showed up and this celebrity showed like, oh, I, like yeah. I appreciate that story better. Yeah, those things happen all the time. Yeah. You know, and there's just kind of fleeting moments. But there's it's very rare where you have one that kind of lives in your head right. for a long time. Um We've had lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no doubt. But, but you uh, saw it as a kid, like in California. I'm sure you like dreamed of getting to LA and getting to experience some of it. Yeah, to I mean, a degree, I, grew, I'm sure. I grew up in LA, so there was always yeah. celebrity around. Um, I guess it just like it fascinates you, but it just doesn't. It's not the be all end all that it is. Yeah, for a lot of people that moved to LA, I think. Yeah, my first time to like LA and Hollywood, we shot the first season of this. I was out there for a week shooting five, six episodes. It was different for me but like i've worked on a big stage and been in the biggest arena stadiums athletes whoever it is but it's different like going to hollywood and experiencing different studios and thing like it's a new experience yeah yeah I mean, and a lot of people get sucked into it in um 
in the wrong way i think right yeah you know like lost in the sauce yeah well, it's easy to do. I mean, there's plenty of distractions anywhere, but especially a place especially like that LA. where everyone's trying to get famous. And I talked to Marky e. Basie about this, who I know you know, like just people trying to date people for clout or keep up with the gossip and like get on this magazine, do that. Like, it's just crazy how, how that is. Um, last thing I want to ask you, advice to a young songwriter, artist, someone at Berkeley right now that wants to follow your footsteps and, and live out their dream on the stage. Again, I can only speak from my perspective of how yeah. things go, and my journey was by no means like it's not like anybody else's, and theirs isn't like mine. It's just, uh, but if you just gotta have something to say, yeah, you know, you gotta, and that takes work. It takes effort to know what you want to put out into the world and have like a clear understanding of it. Um, you know, not ignore where you came from, mm-hmm. treat people with kindness. Um, it feels good. Yeah. It feels good to do. Um, and, and I, I honestly think, and I, I tell people this openly because I don't think a lot of people will do it, but like I said, reading really helps. It helps open up the creative brain. It, yeah. It helps you come up with new ideas and new ways to say things you know, that will be yours because nobody else is doing it like that. Mm -hmm. You know, when I read a Stephen King book and then I take ideas um, from that into the cover art, like I know that that's going to be very specific to me because I'm sure there's not some other rapper doing that. Right. You got to find those things. You know, you can't let your output exceed your input. Yeah. Got to be yourself. And that's been cool, man, getting to know you. Yeah, nice to meet you, man. Appreciate this. This is a cool thing to do, too, I think, for a lot of people. Um, Yeah, depression's a real thing. I think it's just, we just, we keep trying to find easy fixes to stuff. That's just human nature. Mm -hmm. I do it all the time. Try to find easy fixes, but the ones that are hard, quitting drinking, you know, making yourself uncomfortable in situations that could end up being good for you. Um learning something new like a language or an instrument Mm -hmm. you'll never feel worse well i appreciate it man thank you so much i got a couple tickets so your team hooked me up i'm gonna be here tonight rocking out and we'll see everybody back here next week on the mental game let's go and as you can tell from that conversation bryce is just a fun guy and his shows they are even more fun it is like a party he just wrapped up his tour but he's performing all over the country this summer at some festivals and different events Please, if you can, get a chance. Go watch Bryce. He is an awesome, awesome live show. Can't thank him enough for giving me some of his time back here in Cincinnati a few months ago. Coming up next week, right back here on The Mental Game, it is another surprise guest. You will find out on Sunday on my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and MySpace. If we get that up and running, that's just a fun joke. I don't know why I think MySpace is so funny, but I'm old enough to remember having one. Next week's guest is a football player from the NFL. He plays for the Indianapolis Colts. It is an awesome conversation about his own journey, the ups and downs with mental health, depression, and I can't wait to share that with you. Coming up right back here next week on The Mental Game.